It is the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 46. On today's episode, we're talking about COVID cruise drama, wildlife attacks on the elderly, and losing loved ones on a hike. Grab your bison repellent and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rail? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Ahoy, Ahoy there. there, Voyagers. Welcome back. Hello, Voyagers. Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 46. Ooh, love it. A little bit closer to 50. Getting closer to 50. Still a little bit off the year mark, though, but getting closer to 50. And we want to thank you for joining us. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. And we're telling tales of when shit goes wrong on the road. And it's our Monday episode, which means that it is travel update time. Oh, yeah. We got a lot in the news to bring you today. Travel news is Piping hot. It's the tea piping is hot. hot. The tea is hot. What's piping hot? Piping. You don't know the word piping? No, I do, but what is it? <laughs> is it tea? Is it something else? The tea. The travel tea. Okay, the travel tea. Oh, that'd be a good, a good name for a podcast. The travel travel tea. tea. Yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, quick update on our life. We have moved to San Francisco, temporarily at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. We are subletting from a friend and we're going to be in San Francisco hopefully for the next couple months. Yes, so our videos are looking a little different. Our studio has changed. We are still getting things set up, but uh, we're here. We're, you know, we're not missing an episode. Shout out to Gigi and Bob for letting us stay at their house. Those are my parents. Thanks, guys. Uh, speaking of parents, shout out to my mum, who we called last week, woo. who actually has now officially become a listener. <laughs> Uh, where's Helen didn't hashtag where's Helen didn't trend enough for her to get on board, but we did call her live. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, she didn't give us a great excuse, but she did give us an honest one as to why she hasn't been listening. And she listens now. Got to respect the honesty. Got to respect the honesty. And not only... I was just going to say this. Okay, you go for it. Not only does she listen, but she has become a patron, a patron of our podcast. Good thing we checked our peas popping and we have our, <laughs> our mic covers on. Uh, so we have a Patreon where you can come and support the show. We've got lots of fun perks. We're going to do bonus episodes. We do lots of cool stuff. We so, do lots of cool stuff there. We yeah. have bonus episodes there now. Indeed. So head on over to Patreon, Not So Bon Voyage. And yeah, I mean, it's patreon.com slash not so bon voyage. Christine's not the best <laughs> with the website stuff. Just put things into Google. Keywords, man. Keywords, man. Okay, we do have links in the show notes and we do have links on our website. If you would like to support the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, we very much appreciate it because it helps keep us going in these tough, tough times. Yes, tough, tough times. All right, that's enough updates. Let's get into some in the news because this is what Monday's all about. Monday is all about showcasing what happened in the news the week before. Mm, yes, indeed. So I'll kick off with some news about how Europe is starting to open up to non-essential travelers. As wow, well. that's amazing. Should we book a trip to Europe? Do you Europe? want to go? Yes, I'd you love to. you want to go? Oh, good. Well, you can go by yourself because I'm not allowed to go. <laughs> so Americans are banned from visiting Europe right now. Australians can go. But will I be able to go from the US though? I highly doubt it. Yes. And so you, I mean, you could go back to Australia and fly from Australia. Yeah. Wait, can you though? Can I you fly know. from Australia? No, it's you can't so leave confusing. Australia. 
Oh, well, yeah. there you go. So I don't know how you'd get there. Maybe you can go to Mexico or something. I don't think I can leave. I don't think I can leave at the moment. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, you're out. I've been trying to leave Christine and go traveling again, <laughs> but I can't. And the US make a very bad job at it. Yeah, you guys heard that. He has been trying to leave me, but I'm not going to let him. Mm, I find you. <laughs> okay, you. so who's allowed to go to Europe then? Um, Europeans? So a, a bunch of countries. <laughs> Asia, a lot of Asian countries, Australia, basically a bunch of countries except for the US. Are China allowed to go? China, they're expecting China to be able to go, but that's dependent on them doing like a reciprocal situation. So okay. if, if they're letting, uh, if Europe's letting, or China's letting Europeans in, then I know it's tough. Europe, Keep going. Keep working you, through you it. You get it. Reciprocal, you know. Reciprocal, yeah. You could just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, basically because the States has done a terrible job containing the coronavirus, we are not allowed to travel, womp, which womp. I totally understand. I wouldn't let us in either. I think Europeans have been trying to get rid of American travelers for years anyway so yeah I this is so. their chance seize the day guys <laughs> let's let's put it into law let's officially make this official <laughs> yeah we can go to britain if we are willing to quarantine for 14 days on our oh, own dime. that sounds like a fun holiday yeah i know i mean how long do you have to go to even enjoy it past 14 days you got to go for at least like yeah. three weeks. Well, in the US, you get what? Standard person gets two weeks holiday. So yeah. that would be your holiday. It's like, oh, what did you do in Great Britain for two weeks? Um, I was in a hotel on my own cost. Oh, cool. Did you see anything? No, I was in quarantine. I didn't even get to leave the room. <laughs> you can't even go to the pool. Well, actually, other countries are starting to open up to travelers if you have enough money. Oh, is that like so, Cambodia we talked about last week? This is a little bit different. Last week, we talked about the $3,000 Cambodian deposit for travelers. This one basically says you have to be a billionaire. They're asking high-end travelers. So this is Fiji in the Seychelles. Okay. And they're basically saying if you can afford to come in by private jet and have your own rented private island, then you're good to go. Come on over. Come on over, guys. If you are a peasant like us, then you are not allowed to come. Okay. Well, it looks like we won't be going to any private island so far. We're not going anywhere for a while, I don't think. Okay, well, I have some travel news that was making the rounds last week, and it is somewhat corona-related, and it's COVID and a cruise ship, which we know have been some of our most entertaining stories since the coronavirus hit. And this is about a woman who is trying to chase down a whopping $37,000 bill (gasps) that still hasn't been paid, been refunded by a cruise line. That is huge. That's a lot of money. So this is a story. This is a story about a fellow (laughs) SF San Francisco resident called CJ Hayden who set off on a 111-day cruise around the world. Whoa, that's a really long cruise. That sounds like my worst nightmare. 111. That's an interesting... That's an auspicious number. Is that angel numbers? Yeah, definitely. It means something. <laughs> I think it means like the angels are protecting you yeah. or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was a 111-day, 111-day cruise around the world back in January on Pacific Princess Cruise Line. Mm. And obviously, they set off in January. They're having a great time, but they only got a few months into the trip before the Rona hit. Oh, they got to watch out for that Rona. And the cruise ship had to cancel the rest of the voyage. So that was like, womp, womp, travel fail. That's mm. travel fail number one. Mm-hmm. So then the travel file number two was that the ship floated around the ocean for a few weeks because it couldn't port anywhere. Isn't that basically like just being on a cruise? Yeah, well, but (laughs) they tried to go to a bunch of different ports and they wouldn't let them in because of the Rona. And they were like, Mm. "Mm, no, sorry, we can't let you in. Mm. And eventually they made their way over to the Aussies gave them a break and they made their way over to Perth in Western Australia and the guests disembarked and a few of them were able to fly home. 
Really? I'm surprised Australia did that because they were like, don't come to our island. Don't come to our island. We're very special here. <laughs> so uh, we'd let you guys think that. Yeah. Okay, but the not-so-bon voyage number three, the bad luck didn't end there as Hayden, along with the other guests, had a huge refund that they were owed because the trip was cancelled. So Hayden says that her and her partner were owed around $37,000 as a result of the trip being cancelled. And that was, I guess that that was the remainder of the trip. They had prepaid for activities. There were port fees. There was a whole bunch of things that they'd already paid for. So they're like, hey, we need $37,000 back. They weren't being charged for the days that they were on the ship stranded at sea thankfully okay that's fair enough how nice of the cruise line yes uh but they were told that they they could apply for a hundred percent refund back in cash as well as a hundred percent matching credit for future trips oh wow that's pretty good yes double so the cruise ship said hey we'll give you a hundred percent of your cash back and we'll also give you a hundred percent of uh matching for credit that's really nice they were also offered the option to get like 250 percent back matching credit if they didn't want cash mm. but she and most people were like no i'll take the cash please it's thirty-seven thousand dollars." seriously and what would you do with that much credit cruise for the rest of your life you have a hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in cruise credit it's like tokens at those games you know yes. what do i do with all these tokens <laughs> you can cruise for 50 years yes so she was told initially that uh, it was going to be 30 days to get the money. Okay. Obviously, that is, would not, I wouldn't expect that. Yes, it was not going to come. After 30 days, she got in contact and she was like, hey. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, uh, JK, going to be 60 days. And mm-hmm. it's now been over 100 days. Oof. And I think, I'm not sure if she's made the money back. This article is from last week. And they did get a representative from the princess. Uh, what's it called? Princess... Princess Cruise Lines? Princess Cruise. No, it wasn't Princess Cruise Lines. It was Pacific Princess. Oh. They did get somebody from that cruise line to, that said that her specific refund had been processed. Mm. And based on the time, and it would take five to seven business days, which means that maybe this week it was, or sorry, last week it was paid. But mm. either way, she had waited over 100 days to get paid. Wow, that's a really long time, especially because if she was cruising for over 100 days, I'm guessing that she probably like rented out her house or, you know, ne- didn't have a place to stay. So now she needs to like, you know, find a place to stay. Well, also, I'm sure that she didn't, I mean, maybe she had $37,000 just hanging around in savings. But what if she put stuff on credit cards? Mm. She had credit card repayments and she, so her story though is not uh, rare. This is happening all over the world. So mm. she's just one person, one name to the story. As I went through the, uh, this was a CNN article And as I went through it, there were like countless examples of people from several cruise lines all over the world Mm. where the same thing happened and they're waiting on large sums of cash. Like some people are waiting on 5,000 refunds, some people are waiting on seven, but there's a lot of people who are waiting on like thirty, forty thousand $40,000 refunds in cash that they need to pay. So isn't that crazy? Yes, that is absolutely crazy. That's so much money. And you're right. Like if you put that on a credit card, then you need to be paying fees. So you're going to be in the hole. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. So we told a few stories back in the day when Corona first hit about like literally the definition of a not so bon voyage. But this is just an added salt in the wounds now where not only was your trip canceled, which sucks. You were stuck at sea, which sucks even more. And now this is the third part of these stories coming live at you, is that these people are in the hole massively waiting for these refunds. Wow, and we thought we were having a bad 2020. Yeah, seriously. That's brutal. So yeah, so uh, to all the people who are being screwed over by cruise lines, we hope that you get your refunds soon.
Yes, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like the cruise lines, it's not like they tried to screw you over. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that they, if I can just play devil's advocate for, a, even though we're not massive cruise people, I'm not going to shit on them too much because they're also struggling. Like their whole industry was shut down. Are cruises ever going to come back, you think? Well, I didn't like cruising at the best of times. And right? I can tell you right now that the last thing I'm going to do is get on a cruise for two weeks. Seriously, I can't imagine the cruises coming back for at least the next few years because you're so contained, like you're so like compacted with everybody mm, else. Like little sardines. Yeah, I think cruises are getting a bad name. I think a lot of them are actually going bankrupt right now, which makes sense. Does not surprise me, which would make it even scarier if you were waiting on a huge refund yeah. and you start hearing about these small cruise lines going out of business Oof. and you're thinking... Am I ever going to see my money again? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I mean, we had not to name names. We're not going to name any names, even though I'd like to. But we had a hard time getting money back off companies for tra- like travel-related companies. Mm, yes, we did. We thought they were going to go solvent. Yes. And we were not going to get any money. But yes, we did. We did. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. Yeah. Wow, that's rough. I hope those people get their paycheck in the mail. Yes, we will. Maybe us. we'll try and follow up. We'll do an update. We'll do an yeah, update. You said it was a San Francisco resident. It maybe is. We can go visit her. Yeah, we can. Well, I found her on Twitter, so I could ask her. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We'll yeah. bring you an update next week. Yeah, unless we forget, and then you have to remind us. Yes, remind us. Okay. Okay, so that was very interesting. Next, I am going to be talking about how visitors at Yellowstone do not seem to be able to leave bison alone. Uh, not another story. Are there you serious? There so many stories like this. I don't know what is wrong with people, but it it's like almost every other episode we're talking about somebody who got knocked over by a bison or something with a bison. Guys, we've been telling you, leave wild animals wild. Especially leave the bison alone. They look like they would be like cuddly, like, you know, slow, slow, but they're not. They're very fast. They can run three times faster than you on a good day. On a good day. And you might be slow as well. So maybe even more. Yeah. And that might be a bad day for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They can jump six feet, which I don't think any human can. Well, maybe like long Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Could he? Yeah, easy. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Anyway, this is not about Michael Jordan. (laughs) This is about a 72-year-old woman who was gored by a bison last week in Yellowstone. Well, she definitely can't jump six feet. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There are very fit 72-year-olds, but probably not. Probably not. So apparently she was, like, continuously getting within 10 feet of the animal to take photos. Oh, God. Just like, no, just invest in a zoom lens. It's so much safer and probably better quality. Like, you're just going on with your iPhone. You're not going to get shitty photos. I don't care how close you are. So apparently the bison was like pawing the ground, snorting, bobbing his head, like warning signs. And then it rammed the lady and gored her. And she has since been taken to the hospital. Well, I mean... I know it's hard to... I feel bad for her, obviously. Yeah, of course. But when... Especially... I mean, if she had died, then you'd be like, oh, that's that's bad. But... (laughs) You know, it's hard to have sympathy for these people who just continuously... And we've been to Yellowstone and we've been there and we've seen like there's numerous signs. They do a very good job of educating people as to how far to stay away from these wild animals. Mm -hmm. They're really... Yellowstone has a very good conservation team behind it that is very... Because, I mean, it's one of the most well-visited parks in the US. Mm -hmm. So it's the first national park. Oh, yes, it is. Yes. Fun fact. Yeah, and it's got heaps of stuff to see, and and so a lot of people go there. So they have a very strong park service that is very, like, focused around education and preservation and, like, maintaining, you know, the ecosystems. And to think that somebody would not know, like, you can't get there from 
10 feet away mm-hmm. is rubbish. Like people are just being, they're just bucking the rules. Yeah, they are bucking the rules. That is exactly right. Also, if you get close to the animals at Yellowstone, then they get used to humans. Like there's issues with people like feeding animals and whatnot, and then they get used to the humans, and then they have like human-animal conflict, and sometimes they have to kill the animal. Mm. Remember hearing about that? When you yeah, yeah. Them? Yeah. So just stay away from the animals. Bison, you're supposed to stay 25 yards away. It's far. Just get a telephoto lens. You yeah. don't need to get that close. Don't go near the bison. Please, Please, for the love of God, hashtag leave the bison alone. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Begging you. I don't want to get gored. Yes. And we just don't want the uh, bison to get Put yeah. down. <laughs> most most of all, we want to protect the bison because they yes. are they've been on this earth much longer than we have. Yeah, leave them alone. Yeah, <laughs> leave the bison alone. <laughs> all right, uh, my next story. Actually, let's do your last in the news, and then I will do. I've got a Voyager submission. Okay. Yeah. So I have a I have a great story that takes us to Nepal, and uh, oh, yeah, it. it's a nice little nice little fun story about a hiking trip gone wrong. So okay, do you want to tell your last in the news, and then I'll jump into mine. I would love to. I'm really excited about this one. Woo! Okay, so this one is called Space by 2021. Boom. So in the past, we've talked about people going to space. When are we going to be able to go to space? Would you go to space? I would go to space. I would want to go to space, but I just, I don't know. Okay, let me throw a scenario at you. So there is a Florida company called Space Perspective that's planning on offering travelers a chance to go to the edge of space in a sort of hot air balloon blimp sort of combination type vessel. Okay. Okay. The edge of space just seems like you're in a plane that goes particularly high. No, this is going to be going higher. Higher. <laughs> yeah. So they're How gonna, high? How high they're going to go up to 100,000 feet. Whoa. Yeah. That is uh that's like 3 almost 3 times what a plane does. I think a plane goes like 35,000 more or less. That sounds right. So that's like 3 times of what a plane goes. Only 20 people in human history have gotten to that height. 20 people. Wait, wait. 20 people have gotten to the height? Mm-hmm. But what about people who have gone into space? Well, how many people have gone into space? Not well, 20. Definitely way more than 20. Really? Yeah. Well, whatever. Because they is send people CNN, so I don't know. Which but, one's correct? You or CNN? Well, they send pe- I mean, they just sent like two people up into space the other week. Well, yeah. maybe it's only 20 people have gone exactly to 100 feet, 100,000 okay. feet. I mean, that makes sense. They're not going higher and they're not going lower. It's exactly 100,000. Okay. Well, that I mean, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that because okay. I don't know. So you can book. When, when can we book tickets? Okay. <laughs> so they're doing testing early next year, but without people. They're just testing the vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a, you can actually reserve a seat now on their website. We'll put it in the show notes. And it hope, they're hoping that in a few years they'll be able to take tourists on these six-hour sightseeing jaunts. Okay. And they'll have a refreshment so, bar. They'll have social media capabilities so you can gram your whole trip. And, yeah. Okay. So, what? It takes six hours to go up and back down. Six hours. So, two hours, they say, for a gentle ascent. And it's above 99% of the Earth's atmosphere. Because you have that 1% buffer. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> and then you have two hours sightseeing. You get 360 sightseeing. degrees. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, there's my house. <laughs> yeah. It's a 360 degree viewing situation. Okay. Very and then cool. And a two hour descent where you splash down into the ocean. Okay. 
which that cool. makes me nervous. But so, what is the vessel that goes up? I'm just picturing like a standard hot air balloon that just keeps going and going and going up. I imagine this thing is going to be a lot more comprehensive, <laughs> like Willy Wonka situation. Yeah, well, up we go. I'm hoping that is more safe than that. But it's basically like a big ball, and you're you can move around the cabin. It's five meters in diameter. Okay. Sounds small to me. It does but, sound small. How many people per ship? Um, I didn't. It didn't say how many people, but they're okay. hoping that in the future they can host weddings on it. Wow, is that, that interesting? So the, when they say the edge of space, are you technically in space or are you not? I don't know. Edge of space. I don't think so because you're still within that one percent of the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. So, so really, really, you're on the edge of the atmosphere. Yeah. You're not on the edge of space. You're like Come just before. the atmosphere. You're Come more like. The air is clear. Yep. Yeah. You're more at the uh, the start of space. Yeah, that's true. Well, the edge of the beginning of space. You're close. You're close to space. You can reach out and touch space. You're very close. You reach out and touch it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Doesn't that sound interesting? Uh, yes, it does sound interesting. Um, I. How much do you think they're charging per ticket? Oh, hundreds of thousands of dollars probably. $125,000 per ticket. I feel like it might be eight people maximum in the thing because you could reserve eight tickets. Okay, so that's like a million dollars in. Yes, that's right. Is that right? Yeah, eight times mm-hmm. 125. We'll go with that. We're not a math podcast. We're not a math podcast, absolutely not. But we are an aviation podcast. Yes. So and this, this is actually right up our alley. Would uh, aerospace fall into our jurisdiction? I believe it has to. I mean, we're going to space. We have to expand. We have to keep up with the current law. Mm-hmm. Come run. That means that you need to. Uh, you've got Rush some homework. Up. You've got some homework this week. Uh, we need to add aerodynamics and space exploration, space exploration to our uh, our repertoire. Yes, we do. That's exactly right. Okay. So, would you go if you had the cash? If I had the cash and it was the equivalent. I mean, not if I had the cash. Like if I really had the cash. If you, yeah, I know. It's not like you are just scraping together one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars <laughs> for a six-hour flight yeah i mean if i really like if that was the equivalent of you know a thousand dollars for me i'd be like yeah i think so yeah definitely if that was the equivalent of a thousand dollars for me i would definitely go oh yeah although you definitely wouldn't want to be on one of the first trips no 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 i I would go in like year three when they've got everything down pat they're like ready with the i got my cocktail got my wi-fi i would definitely let a lot of people go first yeah but it would be very cool to toast champagne from the edge of space at the edge of space. Uh, so if they want to send us up as influencers, well, I mean, I'll go. Yeah, look, I'll go. But I'll not go. the first one. Not the first one. Maybe the third one. Not the first one. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'd like to know what you think. If you think that you would like to go to space, then uh, let us know. You can reserve know. a seat. You can reserve a seat. Yeah, you can just do it now. I'll put the link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reserve us a seat, take us with you. If you want if you want us to be one of your, two of your eight, yeah. if you have a million dollars laying around, let us know. Yeah, if you've got Hook to spare $250,000 for Christine and I to join you, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, we're in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Alrighty, some great in the news there. Good to have travel back. Good to yes. have travel back in the forefront. You know, you know, even if it is some good news, if it's some bad news, it's just great to be talking travel again. We hope you're enjoying it. 
And now I have the last story of the episode. It is a Voyager submission. Yay, I love Voyager submissions. Yes, I've called it She Went What Away. Ooh, What Away? What Away. <laughs> uh, so this is the Voyager submission that comes from Campbell and Aaliyah. They are world travelers and bloggers over at Stingy Nomads. That is the love name of their it. travel blog. That's awesome. Yes, and so this adventurous couple, they actually met. They've got a very similar sort of story to us. They met while traveling in Southeast Asia. We met in South America. And this was back in 2014, and they've been living the dream ever since. Love it. That yes. Sounds like a great story. Yes. So along with exploring the world, Campbell and Aaliyah are also avid hikers, mm. and they're often heading off on multi-day hikes across the countries they visit, which I think to Christine seems like torture. <laughs> it, I mean, I could probably do that like occasionally, but it wouldn't be like my first choice activity. I'll be at the wine tasting. Meet me later. Okay. <laughs> so today's story takes us to one of their favorite hiking destinations, which is the country of Nepal. Oh, So nice. along with being a beautiful country to visit, it has incredible people and culture, and Nepal has some of the highest, uh, the world's highest mountains and is extremely hiker-friendly. Mm, yes. Isn't there a really famous mountain in Nepal? Um, you is mean, it Kilimanjaro or you K2 mean or something? Everest? Everest. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I'm so bad with my geography. You really are. I really am. Along with the numerous long multi-day hikes, there's also these tea houses along the way that offer up cheap food and lodging for hikers exploring the mountains. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so I think that you take these trails and then along the way there's just these towns that you stop off at and there's cheap accommodation, cheap food, and then you stop there for the night and then you just keep keep cruising along. Love it. That sounds really fun. So it's a great spot to get the steps up. Yes, you got to make sure you go fit pit off of that one. So Campbell and Aaliyah have a lot of experience in Nepal, and they'd spent many months hiking around the trails. Wow, so many months! Damn. Well, like they'd been there for a while. They did, you know, do a trail, do a long multi-day trail, come back. I'm sure they chilled out a bit, do another one. I hope so. I hope they chilled out. Yeah. So they like hiking together. They do a lot of hiking, and sometimes I guess they not get separated, but they sort of like one of them might hike ahead and one of them might be on a good run. But you know, sometimes they get a little bit of separated, but they always have meeting spots. So they know I'll meet you at the next town. Like if we get separated, I'm going to keep working on the trail. One of them might be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to hang back. But they always know like whenever there's a particular fork in the road or they're at a crossroads or at a, a juncture, they stop <laughs> and wait for the next person. So, you know, okay. sometimes they do get separated. It's not uncommon for them. If one of them gets sick of the other one, they're like, I don't yeah. want to walk with you anymore. Yes, I'm going to walk ahead. Please don't follow me. <laughs> so, but they always end up in the same spot at the end of the hike. At least that's usually the case. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So last year in 2019, the two were trekking a number of different routes for over a month. Wow. So they were doing some serious hiking. Serious hiking. In, yeah, including the famous Annapurna. Oh, yes, Annapurna. Purna. Mm-hmm. Annapurna. Yep, not a piranha. She's not a piranha. <laughs> she the, could be a piranha. She could be. The famous Annapurna circuit that takes a few weeks to complete. It takes like okay. two or three weeks to complete. So okay. that's a, it's a serious hike. That is a hike. That is for serious hikers. Yes, that is not a Christine hike. That is not a Christine hike, and I will admit that, and yep. I will own that, and we will move forward with that information. <laughs> <laughs> so they're deep into the hike on day 10, all right? so they're, Holy moly, Jesus, the 10-day hike? Well, I said it takes two to three weeks, so that's 14 to seven, 14 <laughs> to 21 days. God, our mass is terrible. <laughs> So they're deep into the hike on day 10, and the pair are on a 22-kilometer leg of the circuit. That's a long leg. That's a long leg. It's real and leggy, that They're moving from a place that I won't be able to pronounce properly. It is called Muktinath. 
Mm-hmm. That sounds not too bad. That sounds fine. To Johnson, okay? So they were moving between those two places. So Johnson was their end spot. Okay. About halfway through the day, they passed through a small village on their hike, and somehow in the village they got separated. Uh-oh. But, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Sometimes they get separated. They just assume that they would meet up together at some stage. I don't know how that works, but... <laughs> it works. <laughs> so Campbell had thought that Aaliyah had walked ahead. So he thought that she was ahead of him. So he thought, oh, well, I'll just trudge on past the town and I'll catch oh. up with her on the trail or I'll see her at the next spot. Uh-oh. So after about 40 minutes after passing the village, Campbell has still not caught up with Aaliyah and he's like, hmm, all right, well, she's, uh, you know, she's pretty fit. She's a competent hiker, so he wasn't too stressed about it. But then he realized, he's like, damn, I've got the passports. I've got the money. Oh, no. I've got the food. Uh- Oh. And I've got the water bottles and we're what? hiking at altitude and it's a pretty hot day. Oh, my God. I feel like if you're going to do that whole like separate sometimes thing, you should at least have your own water bottle and a little bit of money. Yes. So he's so he's like, OK, not super concerned at this stage, but, you know, a little bit concerned. So he thinks that she might actually be back at the small village they passed. So he decides to make a double back and to go back there to look for her. So along the way, he saw another group that was moving between that small village and the final spot he was trying to get to, which is Johnson. And he said to him, hey, I'm going back to try and find my partner. If you come across her, can you tell her to wait for me in Johnson? I'll meet her there later. Smart. So he's like, good. Got all the bases covered. Let's keep rolling. Yes. So he goes back to the small village, but she's not there. Oh, no. Where is he? Well, now he's starting to worry a little bit. But he figures that there's a good chance maybe she actually might already be in Johnson because maybe he, she was ahead of him and now he's not sure what to think. But he thinks, okay, well, if she's not in this small town, if I didn't pass her, then she must be ahead of me. She must be in Johnson. Maybe she'd love to go to the spa. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about that. Yeah. <laughs> if, there's, if, if we're traveling, there's a spa somewhere. That's Christine's mentality. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she needed a foot massage, okay? Well, you would need a foot massage you after really that. You really would. Your dogs would be barking. So he's heads back. So he's already gone. So he's past the town. He's gone back there. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go to Johnson now and try and find her. But when he makes it back to Johnson, so he makes it to Johnson finally. He walks a trail again, and he doesn't find Aaliyah waiting for him at the entrance. Oh, my God. This, that would be really stressful. So now he's really starting to worry. And, like, they've been walking all day in the sun. She doesn't have any water. She doesn't have any money. She doesn't have any food. And it's starting to get dark. Ah, that would really freak me out. Yes. Especially like if that was me and you were the one looking for me, you would probably be really freaked out. I would. I'd be running up and down the trail. On a scale of one to ten, how terrified would you be if you lost me in the middle of the circuit alone? It's getting dark. I'd probably much figure you're already dead. <laughs> you'd, you'd just be like, I'm moving on. She's gone. She's gone. Uh, should we God send her a search party? B- believe me. She's already in a She's better a place. <laughs> so yeah, it's getting, at the spa. Yeah. It's a much better place. So it's now starting to get uh, closer to nightfall. So he heads to the tourist police to report to tell them what happened and to report her missing. But he says, now this is interesting because he says the tourist police don't really speak a lot of English. Mm. Which is, seems like a very... It seems like the number one language they should probably learn. I feel like... But if, I don't want to be ethnocentric. It's fine. No, but I feel like if you're the tourist police, like you're there to help the tourists... Mm. Like your prerequisite should be uh, speak English. Yes. And then second is be a policeman yes. <laughs> or woman. <laughs> like yes. I don't think it should be the other so way around. Two, 
Two requisites. Yeah, two requisites and putting a stronger emphasis on the speaking English part because I think that Very just important. having somebody in these tiny villages that you can communicate with is probably more important than having a law enforcement officer. I would probably <laughs> think so. Yeah. So he says that the uh, the conversation doesn't probably go down as well as he thinks and that there's definitely some things lost in translation and he's not super confident that they're going to be like that helpful and it's starting to get darker. So he's like, Ugh, like I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so he's in Johnson, which is the end, the spot that they, who, you know, they were ending for the day, and he comes across the big group that he passed on the trail. Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, great. So like, maybe we'll talk to them because remember he told them like, if you see her, tell her to go to Johnson. Yes. So I don't know if he's being misunderstood. I don't know where the other group is from, but basically he finds out he has a misunderstanding with that group as well. Oh no! Because. That group misunderstood him. Oh, Jesus. He asked them to tell her to go to Johnson, and they t- told they actually saw Aaliyah, oh, no. and they told her to go back to the small village. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> wow, those people really, I mean, that was, yeah, they messed up. So they told her to they go. They had one job. They had one job. And they did it the job. wrong way. So she had actually turned around and gone back to the small village. Oh, my goodness. So he's freaking out now, cause, and he's trying to get the police to phone someone in the small village to see if she's there. <laughs> so so they must have just been um, they must have been crossing each other. So they're basically going back and forth from the same place. They must have somehow been on a different trail and were passing each other as they were getting to the town. Maybe they both went off trail to check if the other one was off trail, and it was just like perfect synchronicity that they missed each other. Do you know yes. what I mean? Maybe. I don't know how, but they obviously must have been two trails. <laughs> wow. That's really unlucky. Because they were walking up and down the trails. Something was trying to keep them apart for some yeah. reason. Yeah. So uh, just when he's thinking, like, I'm going to have to make this night trek probably back in there to try and find her, he gets to the entrance of Johnson and he hears somebody call his name and it's Aaliyah. Oh, thank goodness. And she had walked back to Johnson again. Oh, Jesus. She's like, fuck this trail. Yeah. I fucking hate this trail. <laughs> And ends up that she, what was supposed to be just like a, that part I think was only supposed to be like 10 kilometers. She ended up hiking 40 kilometers. Oh my God. 25 miles throughout the day, back and forth on the the trails on a hot day with no water, no food and at altitude. No, I don't understand the no water thing. That is really dangerous. Hot day at altitude with no water. I mean, no food, obviously, is a huge issue. But you could get over that. I mean, mean, you could, but for me, hiking is all about the snacks. That's pretty much the only reason I hike. (laughs) So I'm really going to not be happy about the food. But I would probably just sit down and wait for you to find me. Hmm. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. That would be Christine (laughs) cross-legged in the middle of a path just going, "Mm -mm, not going anywhere. So she'd gone back and forth from the village looking for Campbell and they must have taken different paths. I don't know why, but they're crossing each other and probably didn't even know it. And Campbell says that it's one of the most stressful days in their entire hiking history. Yeah, I would imagine. Which I could definitely see and I feel so terrible. I can just imagine what he would have been going through thinking about if that was me, I would just be stressing out. Yeah, that's true. And so they're obviously exhausted from the events of the day physically and mentally and they said it was a, quite a challenge to continue the next day, but I, I think they did. They didn't take a day off? <laughs> no days off. Hashtag no days off. Oh, my God, you guys. R- relax with the hiking. You can take a day <laughs> off. It's fine. I don't know. Maybe they did. might be on did. a tight schedule. Maybe but. they did, but I don't know. But they did say, uh, and this is a good travel takeaway 
from that Campbell said is that they've learned the hard way, I guess, that they should mm. carry their own supplies possibly in case something else happens. And they also travel with uh, life straw water bottles to filter water in times of need. Mm. I can imagine that hiking through Nepal on the Annapurna circuit, there's these beautiful little streams and you can just fill up and have some refreshing water. Yeah, I mean, we have no idea if there is, but I imagine there is. <laughs> just put that in my head. Yeah, well, if the mountains, maybe there'd be snowy peaks that are melting down and creating nice little river trails that That's you could drink, right. but mm-hmm. you want to have filtered water. Yes, definitely have your life straw. We use yeah. our life straws all the time. Yeah. So I think that's a good travel takeaway from this story is that if we're going to pass any knowledge onto our voyages is that you should always carry some of your own supplies and make sure that you have important things like your personal documents in case anything goes wrong. You should have some money and you should definitely have food and water because you don't want to get caught out and like a headlamp and things like that. Yes, just carry your own shit. I mean, I don't take that advice. I make Jules carry my stuff. But... Pretty much. But from now on, I'm going to make sure that you carry oh, everything. Man. Thanks for submitting the story, guys. It's taking my <laughs> Sherpa away from me. So thank you, Campbell and Aaliyah from Stingy Nomads. Uh, we will put a link to their Annapurna hiking experience in the show notes. Mm, so you I want to check out. that out. Maybe I'll go on the circuit. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not, though. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's really great to have Voyager submissions. I love yes, them. Yes, we love Voyager submissions. Please send them in, you guys. We yes. will tell them on the air. Yes, it is www.notsobonvoyage.com slash submit. And we put a link in our episode description. And it's very easy. If you go to a website, you'll find submit a story. Notsobonvoyage.com slash submit. And, yes. yes, we would love to tell your stories. If you've had a crazy adventure on the road when something went wrong and shit went down and you learned a funny or hard lesson from it and it challenged you, we would love to hear it and we would love to tell the story. Yes, we would. We would love to make fun of your misery. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We're pretty nice about it. Yes. And we may even invite you on the show. Yeah, you never know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, guys. Well, that is all for our Monday travel news wrap-up slash Voyager story. We want to thank you for joining us. And yeah. That's right. And we'll see you on Thursday for a Voyager chat. Oh, we've got a good Voyager chat coming up. We really do. We do. We are speaking to Mike Corey from Fearless and Far, and he's talking about a crazy time in the Amazon where, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but let's just say there's some ancient shamans and shit goes down. Shit goes down. All right, guys, until Thursday, remember to stay safe on the road. And if you're not, make sure you tell us about it. Bye. Bye.